At this time of year, we often think of the blessing of family and friends. We must never forget, however, that the greatest blessing of Christmas is Christ Himself. Today, we look with Scott Pauley at the eternal blessings found in the Word of God. The greatest blessing in my life is eternal life. The greatest blessing in my life is that this life is not all there is. I've been forgiven of my sin. I have an eternal home in heaven, and I have a constant companion in Jesus Christ. We're looking at so many of these special blessings, and we're on the first page of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1. We've, we've been looking at the genealogy and so many beautiful things in it, and we've been examining the fact that there are four women listed here in the genealogy. And that's very unique, very unique, because that was not the norm. And yet, aren't you glad that God has no prejudice? Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit inspired that Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba's name would be pinned right alongside Mary's? All oh, their backgrounds are different. Their, their stories are different. And yet, one thing is true, and that is they were all sinners who needed a Savior. And that's the one thing we can all identify with. We've learned from them something about sinfulness. We're all sinners. We've learned from them something about significance, and that is we're all loved by God. We're known by God, and God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But today we come to the, the greatest truth. The greatest truth was not their sinfulness or their significance. The greatest truth was Christ's salvation. You see, in their stories is the story of redemption in so many ways. It's really amazing, but just take them in order they're given here. You have Tamar. You remember Tamar was the seductress and the adulteress in Genesis 38. Uh, but at the end, she's a picture of brokenness. You remember she is, she's ashamed. She's brought to a place where she has to confess what she's done and who she actually is. Well, isn't that the beginning of salvation? Isn't that where we must come to? God brings us to the end of ourselves, to brokenness. And we confess, Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, that is true of me. We agree with God. We say about ourselves what God says about us. Look, you can't be saved until you confess that you're lost. You can't enjoy the good news until you accept the bad news. And so Tamar begins this story of redemption for us, this beautiful picture in her brokenness. Then you have Rahab. Well, what is Rahab a picture of? Rahab's a picture of faith. As a matter of fact, she's actually listed in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 31. She's the only woman who made it to the faith chapter except for Sarah. If I ask you, who are the great women of faith? Well, Sarah's name immediately comes to mind because of her connection with Abraham, and they believed God. It was accounted to them for righteousness. But Rahab, through faith, she she hid those spies. Through faith, she put that scarlet cord out the window. And so, not only must you come to the end of yourself and confess your sinfulness, but you must put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And then there's Ruth. What is Ruth a picture of? She's a picture of both repentance and redemption that comes by grace. She, you'll remember, leaves her home. She leaves Moab. She leaves the old life. And uh, she says to Naomi, your God will be my God. 
And so she turns to the Lord. She looks to the Lord in simple faith. And of course, the story of Ruth is a story of romance and redemption. She comes into a love relationship. She is bought back and paid for in full. Uh, What a demonstration of the grace of God. Isn't that our story? That when we come to God in simple repentance and faith, when we look away from ourself and our sin to Him alone and His sufficiency, we enjoy His redemption. His salvation becomes our own. We are brought into the family of God. That's the picture that Ruth gives us. And then there's Bathsheba. Who is Bathsheba? Bathsheba, of course, was the wife of Uriah. She was the woman that committed adultery with David. Uh, Her first baby dies, you'll remember, as a part of the judgment and chastening of God. And then the Lord allows her to carry Solomon into the world. That is mind-boggling to me, that of all of the women that could have been the mother of Solomon, it's Bathsheba. What is this? This is a picture of the new life we have once we come to God. Uh, Once we come to Him in simple faith and we look to the Lord, the Lord makes all things new. Remember, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We don't know the name of the first baby, the one she buried. We don't know the name of that baby. But we do know the name Solomon. Think of this. She's remembered now not for the worst things, but for better things. That's what God wants to do in the life of every sinner. He wants to make all things new. He wants to put your past in the past under the blood of Jesus Christ and give you a new beginning. And if you don't believe me, just listen to Bathsheba. She'll tell you about it. She will testify to this. So you have Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba. And it's like they're all standing pointing us to Jesus, pointing us to Christ. And then what of Mary? You remember verse 16 of Matthew 1, And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Luke chapter 1, we have a more full picture of Mary, and she confesses that indeed the Lord is the Savior, and He is her Savior. Mary is a picture of one who just simply said yes. She said yes to the Lord. Would you say yes to the Lord today? If you've never taken Him as your personal Savior, if you've never repented of your sin and by faith trusted Christ and Christ alone for your soul's salvation, would you do that today? i tell you what the Lord will do. As surely as the Lord became real to Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and Bathsheba and Mary, He'll become real to you. He will come to you. That's the great blessing of salvation. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, this same chapter we've been in, says, Behold, a virgin shall... Be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Friend, God will come to be with you, and then he'll take you to be with him for all eternity. Some time ago, I was given the story of a woman named Johanna Ruth Dobshiner. Uh, Johanna Ruth was a little Dutch girl growing up during the period when Hitler invaded her homeland and carried off so many people, uh, the most famous A girl of that time was a young lady by the name of Anne Frank. Perhaps you've read her story, but Johanna Ruth lived during that same period of time. In 1942, she was ill. She had scarlet fever, and they put a sign on the door of her house, danger, no entry, scarlet fever, and she had to lay in bed for several days. That was all part of God's plan. Her parents were devout Orthodox Jews. They were celebrating the Feast of Hanukkah, and uh, that was about this time of year in December. And so here she is. She can't participate in the celebration. She's confined to her bed in an upstairs room. And she starts thinking about life and the fact that though they're religious people, God seems so distant to her. She later said it was at that period of time that she became God conscious. 
And there were three little words that God used to awaken her. They were these words that I've just read to you from Matthew 1.23. God with us. She wrote those three words on three pieces of paper and she pinned them to the wall above her bed and she looked at them every day and she thought on them constantly. The rest of her story is an amazing story. She is a, a Holocaust survivor, but more than that, God not only spared her from, from death during the Holocaust, He saved her soul. She was given an illustrated children's Bible and she read the story of Jesus Christ for the first time in her life. In February of 1944, on a Sunday morning, she heard the first Christian message she'd ever heard from John chapter 13. And God began to awaken her soul to her great need of Christ and the sufficiency of Jesus. It was a wonderful morning, an Easter Monday. She was standing peeling potatoes and she said the Holy Spirit brought her to a place of true faith in Christ. She knelt down, clasped her hands, closed her eyes, and simply said these words, Master, Jesus Christ. And at that moment, He changed her life. Friend, He'll do the same for you today. If like these women, you'll simply put your faith in Christ and Christ alone, you'll find the greatest blessing in the world. It's the blessing of salvation through Jesus Christ. Every good thing in life and eternity is connected to the Lord Jesus. Visit us at scottpauley.org for more information on knowing Christ and making Him known to others. From the Pauley family and all of us at Enjoying the Journey, we want to wish you and your family God's greatest blessings this Christmas. Thank you.